Today, the day before Valentine's Day, is our second annual Standing on the Side of Love Sunday. Standing on the Side of Love is a campaign of the Unitarian Universalist Association that champions the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Standing on the side of love, we stand with anyone threatened by acts of exclusion, oppression, or violence. Standing on the side of love, we bring healing to a wounded world. I first experienced the courageous love of the student immigration, pardon me, the student immigrant movement on a Sunday last November here at First Parish. Our immigration task force had invited them to speak in the barn room after worship. As often happens, there were other activities going on at the same time, and only a handful of our congregation made it to the barn room. Those who did were riveted by the personal stories of young people who came to this country as children, sometimes as infants, from countries all over the world. Told by parents and teachers of the importance of education, they worked hard and excelled in school. But when they applied to college, they often found their way barred by their undocumented status. By speaking out, they risk deportation. Still, they speak out because they understand that their struggle for fair treatment is not theirs alone. It affects the lives and futures of thousands of young people and their families, friends, and communities. It affects all of us here this morning because it asks the question, what kind of nation are we? What kind of people are we? Every religion calls us to welcome the stranger to offer hospitality to anyone who sojourns among us. I know immigration is a complex issue. I don't pretend to understand it all. But I know that deporting people to countries they've never known, where they may not even speak the language, is not only heartless, it's senseless. All these young people want to do is get an education and serve our country. Granted the opportunity for citizenship, they will make the best citizens of all. Who is more likely to be a good citizen? Someone who has worked hard to earn it or someone who receives it on a platter by accident of birth? And so I welcome these young people here to this sanctuary where we stand on the side of love. I invite you to listen to them, hear their stories, get to know them. Like me, you will be changed. Good morning, everyone. My name is Karen, and I'm here from the Student Immigrant Movement. Um, I just want to give a brief few words to introduce my friends who are here with me um, before they share their stories with you. Um, we really want to thank um, 
the Unitarian Universalist uh, First Parish Church and the Standing on the Side of Love group for sharing this award with us and for inviting Sim to share in this celebration of courageous love. Um, and, and in thinking about courageous love this morning, I was thinking that it means really not only knowing how to stand up and say no when other people are silent in the face of injustice, but it also means knowing how to be full of love when other people around you are full of ignorance or full of hate. Um, and that's such an important thing for all of us to be able to do, to stand up and say, um, say that we are full of love and that we want to see change in the world because we love it so much. Um, and a lot of the SIM members and their allies know what the struggle is like. Um, SIM has been working since 2005 um, for a variety of things that would make the lives of immigrant students in Massachusetts better. Uh, we've been working for um, equal access to higher education, for in-state tuition, for the DREAM Act, and for many other things. Um, I became involved with SIM uh, at the beginning of this past summer uh, when Sim was involved in a vigil, um, which was just alluded to, a 24-hour vigil outside the State House um, to oppose some really, um, really anti-immigrant amendments that had been proposed to the state budget that would mirror what we've seen in Arizona and what we're seeing in other states, um, a real fear of immigrants and legislation that would make the lives of immigrants documented and undocumented harder and would make loyal residents of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts suffer. And what was so exciting about the vigil is that we defeated those amendments and we were able to say with our presence to the legislators of Massachusetts, this isn't fair and this isn't right. Um, and there were people who heard us and that was a really exciting moment. Um, in Sim's history and also in my life. Um, and so I'd like to introduce some of the other members of Sim who are gonna be sharing their stories with you this morning. Um, we found that sharing our stories and talking about why we do what we do is a really powerful way um, to, be, to introduce ourselves to a community. Um, it helps people to understand us and why we do what we do and it also helps us to understand ourselves and it helps us come to terms with our own stories and our own backgrounds. Um, so Kelly's gonna be talking more about um, her involvement with SIM and what SIM has been doing now. Um, and Monique is gonna talk a little bit about um, herself and her family and her family's story here. And Nelsie is gonna talk about um, her place and the place of SIM at this time. Um, and so along the theme of what we're doing right now and what's going on at this time, I did just want to let you know about the campaigns that SIM is working on right now. Um, SIM doesn't rest. Uh, we're always working really hard. Uh, and right now um, we're pushing um, for a, a bill in the state legislature um, that would allow undocumented students to attend Massachusetts um, public schools for the in-state tuition fee that um, citizen residents pay. Um, and so we're asking people to 
call their legislators and, and ask them to support, um, write letters, ask them to support this bill because it's so important um, that all the students who want access to public education in the state can get it. Um, and we also have one of our friends, um, Vinny, who uh, has been scheduled for deportation. Um, Vinny's an East Boston High School graduate and he goes to Bunker Hill Community College um, and has a court hearing on March 8th um, and so we're working hard to fight his deportation. If you want to get involved in either of these campaigns, we have sign-up sheets. You can give us your email. Um, you can also visit our website and find ways to get in touch with us there. Um, but we would really appreciate your support. And we thank you again so much for being here this morning. And thank you so much for honoring us with this award. Good morning, everyone. It is an honor for me to be here representing the Student Immigrant Movement. Uh, SIM is a nonprofit organization that was funded about five years ago by a group of immigrant students who wanted to improve our communities and so to also find solutions, um, especially to advocate for more humane immigration policies that will improve our communities. About five years ago, I became involved with SIM in part because uh, I was in high school. At the time, I was a sophomore in high school. And uh, during my freshman and sophomore year, I have won the second and third place at the, at the Massachusetts National Science Fair. At this time, a lot of my teachers became really interested in helping me with my college application process, and they decided me to enroll in some college programs. Um, at the same time, I received an offer from the Boston Public Library to work as a tutor teaching and helping middle school students with the math and science homework. After completing all my training, I was asked to go to the Human Resources Office to uh, give them all the paperwork necessary uh, to be enrolled in payroll. Unfortunately, when I was meeting with uh, Human Resources, they asked me for my Social Security number. Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have one, and I thought that it wasn't going to be a problem whatsoever because I had been chosen to do this uh, job. However, the Boston Public Library told me that there was anything that they couldn't do to help me just because I was not a resident in the country. I was really devastated, not so much for not getting the job, but because I realized at this time that my status was going to become a challenge uh, in my whole application process. I moved to Boston when I was 11 years old. I separated from my family, from my parents, and I joined two of my aunts and, un and an uncle who, was, who were living in Boston at the time. At the time that I left Columbia, uh, many of my relatives were forced to relocate in many uh, cities because of the persecution that many of our relatives were facing um, due to the fact that the guerrilla movement and some paramilitary forces were persecuting a lot of families um, in certain villages. Um, at this time, one of my cousins had also been recruited to join the guerrilla movement. And it got to a point where we realized that it wasn't safe anymore for many of our relatives to be living in Colombia. Um, when I joined my family here, one of my aunts um, was sick in political asylum, and another one was more lucky to have a word visa. And they did the best they could um, to welcome me and to help me adjust to a new society. 
Thanks to all the support that I received from my friends and family, I was able to quickly adjust to American society. Um, but I realized that this wasn't enough. Even though I tried my best uh, while, in while being in high school, it, it represented a big challenge because when it was time for me to apply to colleges, I realized that I wasn't that I did not qualify for many federal scholarships as well as loans or financial aid. Um, I joined SIM when I was a sophomore in high school and thanks to my involvement with SIM, I was able to receive a lot of help from uh, different uh, professionals who helped me earn my legal status later on when I became a freshman in college. I was also able to attend Leslie University who was a great institution that didn't care about my immigration status. Um, unfortunately, because of the current laws that we have, undocumented students cannot pay in-state tuition rates in public institutions like UMass Boston or Bunker Hill Community College. The reason why we need to pass legislations like the in-state tuition bill is so that we can allow undocumented students access to higher education. There are not laws that prohibit private institutions from giving financial aid to undocumented students. However, it is important to understand that the application for us is three times harder just because we are competing many times with international students and there's a very low percentage of international students who get accepted every year. SIM currently prepares leaders to improve our communities and we advocate for uh, for many community and legislative campaigns, and institution is one of our most important campaigns at the time. Um, I really encourage all of you to keep informed with all the um, with all the different events that we're organizing. And once again, I would like to thank you for giving us this award. Yeah. When people ask me what is it like to be like growing up undocumented, um, only way I can really describe it is the feeling of having an unrequited love. Um, loving America and living in, in it, um, you never feel like you're welcome and you never felt that you're loved back. Um, if that's not accessible enough, I would describe it as um, a hunger. You're like really, really hungry, but you're like walking around this chocolate cake like every single day and you can't, you have no access to it, you cannot eat it. Um, my brother and I and my, my parents immigrated um, from Canada to Texas to be with my aunt. She, within a five year time span, she lost her husband, he was murdered, and, um, with, and then she had a car accident when she lost her leg and she had two children, two boys that she needed help raising. So we just dropped everything and uh, everything that we knew in Canada. We joined her in Texas. She's a U.S. citizen. And uh, we worked and helped, you know, helped her raise her children. We were together um, in Texas for 10, 15 years. And I didn't know what my status was. We didn't even concern ourselves. Um, my parents, they tried to do it legally, we had paperwork and everything, but through a mis, uh, mishandling with our lawyer, we fell out of status and a lot of people don't know that we only usually have one chance when we're filing for immigration paperwork and if, if it's mishandled once, that's, your, that's pretty much your last chance. So I eventually 
became a citizen through marriage and I fell in love and I was lucky enough to have that uh, pathway. But my brother um, was not so fortunate. He grew up just like me, um, undocumented, and he graduated college. We were lucky enough to have in-state tuition in Texas, so we were able to afford it by working multiple jobs and um, my parents working multiple jobs just to be able to pay for that pathway for us. But um, the most striking moment I had after I, after I moved away for college, my brother called me um, in, from Texas. He was really lonely. And um, I was like, why don't you go out to you know, enjoy your life? You're 24 years old. You can drive. You have a driver's license. And he's like, I don't want to get stopped by the police because I could possibly get deported. Um, I didn't even think that he had that fear in his heart. He's like, I stay at home all the time. And I can't even think straight because I'm always worried that someone's going to come and take me away. Um, as a sister, I have always wanted to protect him. But being so far away, and there's so many things that you can only control. So um, he was tired of not having that freedom and being here, invisible person. Um, at the age of 25, he was uh, decided to move back to Canada, even though he didn't remember it much. Um, he stopped by um, Massachusetts to live with me for a couple months. Then he um, caught wind that the Dreamac was possibly, you know, down the pathway again. And um, after it did not, you know, it didn't. Uh, it was halted. Uh, my brother decided enough's enough, and he moved back to Canada. And he's just starting his life over now, and I just hope that he has that freedom that I have now, that I'm a um, green card holder, and um, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I'm actually, this is my first time speaking for the student immigrant movement. So I'm pretty nervous here. I don't know if you guys could close your eyes, so <laughs> I won't be <laughs> Well, my name is Nelsie, and I'm a recent member of SIM, of the student immigrant movement. Um, and as, like I mentioned, this is my first time speak, speaking. Um, it is my honor, though, to represent such a, a group of such a bold people like them. They're not afraid of going out and speaking their stories. They're not afraid of being out there in the world, of knowing an important situation that's going on, and it's been around for a long time. Well, at first, I just started going on January. Um, I didn't even know Sim existed, but just yesterday I spent about nine hours at the office learning, so that's pretty much a great experience. and. Um, um, you know, it's, my involvement with SIM right now, it's, it's pretty good. I'm stepping into the leadership world right now. And in my behalf, in helping this movement, I'm, um, I'm, I'm start, starting a group in my um, high school to help undocumented students know their basic rights of going into college and helping them, and letting them know that we have opportunities here, here, although that after college there might be a border, but we know that if we keep on working at it, we, we, 
will be able to go beyond that. Um, this is a really hard step for me today because as many of our SIM members have done, they've talked about the legal status in America and I myself at this point am undocumented. But with courage, I'm not afraid of saying it. I'm here in front of you, of all of you. And I know that you guys support this movement and support many of others like myself. But being a document is, is not just about having limited opportunities. It's about fighting and reaching to a point to where we all are equal and we are actually united. So I'll just like to leave off with this. I came up with it. I was uh, sitting in the bench. Um, it says, I grew up as an American. I was educated as an American. Then why am I not being treated equally? Thank you. Thank you, my friends, for sharing your stories, which call us to match your courageous love with our own. After worship this morning, we'll have the opportunity to sign postcards and petitions to Governor Patrick, asking him not to enlist Massachusetts in the Federal Secure Communities Program, a program that results in the deportation of people with no criminal record. In truth, the only secure community is the beloved community. Susan and Bruce, Leslie Pritchard, Molly Uline, and Rashid Sheikh, please stand. Uh, they and uh, others will um, have those postcards and petitions available uh, when you leave the sanctuary and also at the standing on the side of love table in the parish hall. Thank you. At 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, I invite you to join me, Centro Presente, and standing on the side of love at the State House, where we'll deliver the postcards and petitions to the governor. Love cannot remain by itself, said Mother Teresa. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Whatever form we are, able or disabled, rich or poor, it is not how much we do, but how much love we put into the doing, a lifelong sharing of love with others. May we share our love courageously, compassionately, and generously this day and always. Amen, and blessed be.